Good morning. Man, it is wonderful to see you. Thank you for worshiping with us today here at Silver Creek. And we are, we're not quite done with November. And this has been, you, you might wonder, man, why have they done something on Thanksgiving every week this month? And I'll tell you why. It's because Thanksgiving and being grateful is connected to our lives in so many ways that I think we really don't understand the value and the importance of it. And I'll tell you what, I, I just want to challenge you that if you have not been here already this month, I, I would go back to our website. There was a message that Madison preached uh, at the beginning of the month that was, I've, I've said this several times, it was the best message on Thanksgiving I have ever Ever heard, and I have I have just encouraged people to go back and listen to that message, and uh, just there's there's something about Thanksgiving. There's something about gratitude, and you know we are often in a place where somebody kind of has to show us what's in it for us. We're human. And so this morning, I, want, I just want to start out for the first few minutes and just share with you what's in it for you. When it comes to Thanksgiving, when it comes to gratitude, what's in it for you, okay? Let me share seven scientifically proven benefits of gratitude. I think that you'll appreciate it. I think that you're going to find out that having an attitude of gratitude is something that can improve your satisfaction in life. So here's some areas of studies that what they show us. Number one is new relationships. Now, some of you might be here and say, I don't really need or want any new relationships in my life. And I'm sorry for you. I've, I feel bad that you feel that way. I do not feel that way. But a 2014 study on emotions makes the connection between thanking new friends with those people continuing to be your friend. So when we make a new acquaintance, when we make a new friend and we thank them, we show them that we're grateful that they're in our lives, there is a direct connection to them staying in our lives. You know, when we were kids, we were taught to say thank you. And we were, I mean, our parents, if, if somebody handed you a blade of grass, what do you say? Thank you for the blade of grass. We were taught that it was good manners. We were taught that we needed to be thankful. We needed to at least say it. But the reality is that there is so much to us being grateful. We receive so many benefits as a result of being grateful. It's not about good manners, but being appreciative of others causes people to be open to us. When you meet someone and they sense that you are grateful for the opportunity to meet them, it causes them to be open further to you, making that relationship more possible. So gratitude literally opens doors to new friendships. How about physical health? I think this is an area that, that a lot of us, we, we want to be healthy. Uh, some of us have more discipline than others in that area in our lives, and those that have a lot of discipline make us sick to our stomachs. 
Uh, but we want to, to have good physical health. A 2012 study found that grateful people, now this is going to hurt, Grateful people, it's not that they're skinnier, I'm not saying that, okay? Because if grateful people were just automatically skinnier, we would all, we would all say we want to be that. But they're healthier, and they, they complain of fewer aches and pains. That grateful people tend to take better care of their health. They tend uh, to be the people that exercise, that regularly visit their doctors, and as a result, they tend to live longer, the study finds. Now, that's, that's some pretty important information for us. But let's continue on. How about psychological health? Robert Edmonds, who's a PhD and a gratitude researcher, he found a link between gratitude and overall emotional well-being. That gratitude actually increases our happiness. Now, I've never met anyone that said, I don't want to be any happier than I am right now. I've never met anybody like that. Everybody wants to feel a, a sense of, of well-being and happiness. That's just something that we, we all desire. But gratitude reduces toxic emotions in our hearts and minds. And it literally gives us a, a better sense of well-being. Things like envy and resent, resentment and frustration and regret. Those, those toxic emotions are really impacted when we are people that, that have gratitude, when we have thanksgiving in our heart. Number four, empathy and aggression. A 2012 study at the University of Kentucky discovered that grateful people behave in a more pro-social way. And this high level of gratitude causes them to be less retaliatory. They, they don't retaliate uh, when someone does something that's not nice to them. When someone is unkind to them, they tend not to want to retaliate. They have more empathy. They have a decreased desire for revenge. If you're married, you need to want your spouse to be thankful. You want your spouse to be grateful because it means that when you do something unkind, they're less likely to retaliate against you. And let's face it, that's how a lot of conversations in the marriage relationship can deteriorate because people are saying unkind things back and forth. When we're thankful, we tend to not retaliate. Number five, I think you'll like this one, sleep. 2011, there was a study that showed that if you gratitude, you, you, you journal your gratitude, if you write down thoughts that center around the things that you are thankful for, especially before bed, that you actually sleep better. You know, I, I, didn't, I didn't do any research, but I imagine that Americans spend on an annual basis, probably billions of dollars on sleep. They go to counseling, they take medication, they do all sorts of things, but how many Americans do you think journal regarding things that they're grateful for before they go to bed so that they would sleep better? Good sleep is, is important, obviously. How about self-esteem? 
We've got a few athletes that are here. There was a 2014 study that was done uh, with uh, sports psychology, and gratitude increases an athlete's self-esteem, and athletes need healthy self-esteem in order to perform at peak levels. So when you see that athlete that's, that's there and they're performing and they're doing a great job, they're being successful, chances are they have had to conquer some issues with self-esteem and they think appropriately about themselves. Gratitude actually reduces our desire to compare ourselves with other people. And it causes us to be able to appreciate those people's accomplishments. And finally, Mental strength. How about this one? Gratitude not only reduces stress, but it also plays a major role in us overcoming trauma. They found out after 9-11 that gratitude actually helped people through their trauma. That it actually gave them the ability to process that trauma that it caused them to be more resilient. And they were able to recognize the things that they were thankful for. And even during bad times, even this morning, if you find yourself in the midst of a very difficult situation, being grateful for things in your life causes you to bounce back much better. This idea of thanksgiving in our culture It's something that's been going on for a long time. It's something that was, it's been celebrated. It's something that's even been instituted. And and we find even that there's commands that we should be grateful. You know, we think of what the history of our nation is and why we celebrate Thanksgiving. We celebrate Thanksgiving because 132 passengers and crew decided to leave England and come to the United States. And only 53 of them arrived. And it was those 53 passengers and crew that got together with the Native Americans that lived there on the East Coast. And they decided that they would celebrate. In November of 1621, They decided that they wanted to thank God. They wanted to set aside time to specifically thank God. They said amongst themselves that they had what was called boundless faith in God. So they celebrated. And then 168 years later, the government of a brand new nation began to not only celebrate Thanksgiving, but they instituted it in more of a formal way when George Washington proclaimed on October 3rd, 1789, he said this, whereas it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey his will, to be grateful for his benefits, and humbly to implore his protection and favor. And whereas both houses of Congress have by their joint committee requested me to recommend to the people of the United States a day of public thanksgiving and prayer to be observed by acknowledging with grateful hearts the many and signal favors of Almighty God. 
this celebration of Thanksgiving, it was, it was certainly celebrated by the pilgrims. It was, it was instituted by this, this new fledgling government, but we also find something else, and here's where we're going, that it's commanded in God's word. The idea of being grateful. You think of all the things that God commands us to do. Why would Thanksgiving be one of those things? And let's talk about that. And I want us to look at Psalm 100, and I want to read the first five verses of Psalm 100. Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. I'd like us to look at five different commands that we find here in Psalm 100 that I think are really important for us. The first one is this, that we should shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Now, I realize where we are. We are in the upper peninsula. We are we are we're the we are the frozen chosen. Okay? <laughs> We, that's not really uh, something about the temperature of where we live. It's about kind of our emotional state, okay? We're not the most effervescent people in the United States, okay? The, the, in the North, we tend to be more reserved, right? Are you with me? We tend to be a little less emotionally expressive, but look at what the psalmist says. Shout, shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Now the word shout, it means to proclaim with the force of a trumpet. Now anybody that's taken trumpet lessons knows there's two things that are really important to playing the trumpet well. One of them is, I don't know, it's, it's, it's about your lips. You gotta have good lips. Don't understand that, but you got to have good lips. The other thing is, you better have some good diaphragm. Why? Because you've got to be able to project that air through that trumpet. So when, when the, the, this, this instruction, and it's a command, it is given in the form of a command that we should shout for joy to the Lord, that it is, we should do so with a force, literally with something inside of us. And it should come from the very depths of our being, the way a trumpet player brings his air from his diaphragm and projects it out. The idea of shouting for joy to the Lord should come from deep down inside us. It's not just an emotional thing from the surface. It comes from deep inside us. You say, well, how is that possible? Let me ask this question. What has God done for you? Do you think about those things? Do you walk around your house? Do you walk through life and look at things and say, God did that for me? Oh, God did this for me also. 
as you look through your life, as you look through your home, as you walk through your job during the week, are you realizing what God has done for you? You see, when we get in touch with the reality of what God has done for us in our lives, we realize that we must be thankful because the air that we breathe is from him. The air that we breathe, the talent that you have, and some of you, man, you have got some incredible giftings and talents in your life. Every bit of that talent, it ultimately comes from God. Some of you are smart. Some of you are athletically gifted. All of it comes from him. Oh, we work on it. We, we, we try to do our best with it, but it comes from him. And when we look at our lives closely, we are able to realize that God has done so much for us and we cannot possibly bottle up our gratitude. We cannot possibly stop our thanksgiving and it should come from deep inside us and cause us to shout for joy to the Lord and not just at thanksgiving time. When we get together and we worship the Lord. Sometimes, you, man, you'll hear, woo, you'll hear somebody, you know, they'll, what are they doing? Well, they're, they're, they're being, you know, they're, they're trying to project that joy of the Lord. They're shouting with joy unto the Lord because they realize what God has done for them. Psalm 98, verse 4, the psalmist says, shout for joy to the Lord. All the earth burst into jubilant song with music. Have you, have you burst into joy? Have you burst into joy as you shout to the Lord? And some of you are like, you already, you already gave the answer. We're, we're, we're Scandinavian. We don't do those things. <laughs> it doesn't, in the Greek, in the Hebrew, it doesn't say except Scandinavians. It doesn't say that. It tells us all that we should shout for joy. Number two, the second command is serve the Lord with gladness. How do you serve the Lord? I want you to think about that for a minute. We hear that terminology all the time. How do you serve the Lord? I want to read from Matthew chapter 25, verses 20, or 35 and 36, and then verse 40. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters, you did for me. When we think of serving the Lord, we think of us serving him. And what the scripture tells us is that when we meet the needs of these little ones or these maybe who are less fortunate that we are or that we consider um, to, to be in need of it, when we serve their needs, ultimately we are serving God. When we, when we meet those needs, you say, well, what does that really look like? We, when we do it with gladness, when we do it not with compulsion, but when we do it with a sense of cheer, when we do it with a sense of gratitude, what does that look like? I'll tell you what it looks like. It looks like Andy and Becca and their son Drew. 
And those of you that serve uh, on Feeding America Days, you know who Andy and Becca and Drew are. They come, they, they are so excited when they found out about Feeding America, when they came, when they experienced it, they said, we're hooked, we're coming back every month. And you haven't, most of you haven't met uh, Andy and Becca because they're, they're not a part of Silver Creek, but they're a part of our Feeding America on a monthly basis. It, they, they have such joy when they do it. It looks like Lori. Lori is a volunteer at the thrift store. Lori volunteers three days a week. Can you imagine giving three days of your week to volunteer for something? To work hard and, and yet not to be paid? It's incredible. It looks like Mark. Mark told me how excited he is because he's finally been approved to get into the prisons and begin to minister to prisons. It looks like Bill, who started a support group for veterans on Monday nights here at the church. And if, you have, uh, if you've been in the service, you are invited to be a part of that group. It looks like our thrift store staff giving away Hundreds and hundreds of dollars of merchandise to people that need it and to do it in the name of Jesus because we love them. When we say that we are told to serve the Lord with gladness, that's it. Those are the things that it looks like. Number three, we're commanded to come before him with joyful songs you know, these first three commands that we should shout for joy, that we should serve the Lord with gladness, that we should come before him with joyful songs. When we give thanks to God, it produces in us a sense of joy. And I have never met anyone who did not want to experience joy in their life. No one would reject joy. We just don't do it. It's not how we're wired. No one is going to say, well, I'd, I'd rather be depressed. We just don't say it. We just don't feel it. Instead, we want to have joy. We want to experience that in our lives. And what the scripture is telling us in Psalm 100 is that when we come before him, we should do so with joyful songs, and that will produce a sense of joy in us. Psalm 95, 1, come let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. This is not singing for the sake of singing. These people that were up here earlier, they were not up here so that they could just show you how good of a singer or a musician that they were. In fact, they actually don't even like that idea. It actually bothers them. They don't want to be compared to anyone else. They don't want to be pointed out in front of anyone else. It's not about them. Years ago, in our student ministry, I had, a, I had a bass player that used to turn around and face the back wall. And I, and his, <laughs> I said to this kid, it frustrated me to death, I said, what in the world is wrong with you? And he, he would say, it, it distracts me to look out and see all of these students 
and I want to worship. And so uh, when I turn around, I'm able to put all of them out of my mind and just begin to worship. Scripture says that we should come before him with joyful songs, and that means worship. When we come before the Lord and we worship him, there is a sense of joy that fills our hearts. And and then we're able to even worship with a greater sense of joy. We should come before him with worship, with joyful songs that uplift our spirits and the spirits of, of those that are around us. You never know what someone has experienced this week and they're sitting right beside you. You have no idea. And your joyful worship, your joyful song can lift their spirits, can draw them closer to the Lord because of what they hear coming out of you and it impacts them spiritually as well. Number four, the command that we have there is that we are to know that the Lord is God. Verse 3 in Psalm 100, know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us. We are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. This may not be popular, but yet it is his word. You are a creation of God. God made you. He made you. Oh, I know your parents were involved but God made you. In fact, you're his. You're like, wait a second. I I am a free will agent. I can do whatever I want. Yes, God has given you that freedom, but you are his. The psalmist says that we are literally the sheep of his pasture. What that says is that God is the shepherd and I'm the sheep. And there's no sheep that are leading. Sheep are followers. We were created to follow him, that he knit us together. God formed us in our mother's womb, that he knows us. Do you realize that you have been purchased twice? When God created you, you belong to him. When God sent his son Jesus to the cross to die for your sins, we were purchased back from him. We belong to him twice over. I want you to realize that we are not the Alpha and the Omega. We are not God. He is. The Bible says that our lives are but a mist or a vapor. And he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. When we have a heart of gratitude, we recognize that We are not God and that he is. And it takes the pressure off us. We acknowledge his lordship. We acknowledge who God is. And we're able to thank him for all that he has done. Number five, we're commanded, give thanks to him and praise his name. Verse four of our text, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. The beginning of the month, Madison, one of his points in his message was how gratitude grants us access into God's presence. That was profound. 
And I have read Psalm 100 lots of times, but it gives us access. When we express our gratitude to God, when we have a heart of thanksgiving, it grants us access into his presence. And you, you take that, it's so easy to take it for granted. In the Old Testament, the people of Israel, they had to go to the temple to experience the presence of God. But the Bible says that we are the temple now of the Holy Spirit because Jesus came and he died for us and he sent the comforter, the Holy Spirit, to be with us. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said where two or three of you are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. This morning we've experienced the the very presence of God. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 21 and 22, the apostle Paul says this, In him, meaning Jesus, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling which God lives by his spirit. So when we experience the presence of God, it's not just limited to Sunday morning. It is something that we can experience every single day wherever we are, because God has made us to be the temple of the Holy Spirit, and we can have access to that presence wherever we are. You know, a lot of times when we're thankful, we really are taught to focus on our blessings. We're taught to be thankful for things that are tangible in our lives. Maybe it's money. Maybe it's possessions. Maybe it's people. But we're taught to be thankful for stuff. Whatever that looks like. And Psalm 100 is not telling us to be thankful for stuff. It's telling us that we should be thankful for God that we should direct our gratitude and our thanks to him. In fact, 15 different times in Psalm 100, it points to us thanking God and that God is what we should be ultimately thankful for. And you know, there's always a lot of debate about the Bible. There's always a lot of, a lot of debate. Is, is the Bible true? Are the things that the Bible says true? I gave you all the scientific research before I even read the first scripture verse today. Science agrees with Psalm 100 that when we are grateful, when we are thankful, it improves every aspect of our lives. But it's not just thankful for stuff. It's thankful that God is God. Thankful that God loved the world, as I said before, and gave his only son that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. We have so much to be thankful for, but it's not that it's the stuff. It's not even that it's the people. It's what we have through 
Jesus Christ. I got to admit to you, Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. It's the one holiday when my, my whole family gets together. It's the one holiday that we all put on our calendar and, and basically we don't break it for anything. We are going to be together. But what I'm most thankful for is not my family. It's not the things that I have. It's being thankful for God. Thankful to God that He has loved us. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, I thank you. I thank you that you have commanded us to be grateful, to be thankful. That you have instructed us in doing so. You have shown us that you are, you are ultimately concerned with everything to do with us. That, that you are concerned with our well-being and that us being grateful, us being thankful produces a wellness in us because we acknowledge in that gratitude, in that thanksgiving, we acknowledge that you are God and we are not. And Father, I pray this morning for those that maybe have really struggled this Thanksgiving season because of their circumstance because of their situation, they've struggled with being thankful. Father, I pray today that, that before they leave this place, that your Holy Spirit will really touch them. As we close our service today, I just want to pray for any of you that feel like you're struggling in that area. If that's you, you say, man, I, I'm struggling to be, to be grateful. I'm struggling to be thankful. And I really want to incorporate that in my life. And I want to really focus on God as, as, as the one that I ultimately should be thankful to and thankful and grateful to. If that's you, I just want you to slip up your hand in this quiet moment. And I want to close in prayer and, and make sure that I pray for you. Anybody else? Yes. Anybody else? You can put them down. Thank you. Father, we thank you. We thank you not, not for the stuff, but we thank you for the opportunity to express our gratitude today. Father, we ask you that you'll forgive us when we struggle. We struggle with, with a, a sense of, uh, of, of not being able to be grateful. When we're struggling to show thanks even in the midst of a difficult situation. Father, I pray today that rather than focus on those difficult situations, that we will focus on you and that we will be able to lift our hearts with a sense of gratitude today. And that as a result, we will experience a greater level of joy than we've ever known in our lives because we are acknowledging that you are God and that you are our source. Father, I thank you today. I thank you for all that you have done for us. In Jesus' name.